All right, well, welcome to another edition of Blended Tech Learning Office Hours Live. Uh, I am Nick Finelli, and I'm glad to be here today um, helping to answer some questions. I've got a few questions uh, ahead of time, so I'm going to address those. But of course, um, if you're watching out there, go ahead and post in the comment section, post while you're watching any questions you may have, and um, we'll be able to see if we can uh, go through and, and help you as best we can. All right, so. Uh, First thing I'm going to do is uh, give a shout out to my different locations where you can find stuff. So, uh, of course, if you just go to blendedtechlearning.com, there's a video library. So this broadcast and previous broadcasts are on there in the video library. Um, it's also in the YouTube channel. And then also I'm on Twitter at Nick Finelli. And if you join uh, Facebook, um, when I do Facebook Lives on Mondays, uh, but also you can see the same posts and, and things like that on the Facebook page for Blended Tech Learning. And that is all under blendedtechlearning.com, and you'll see links there at the bottom of the page um, to get there. So I can show you there. So this is the website. You'll see the video library, see other things that I do, um, online courses that I have. Talk about those later. Um, as you can see, as you scroll through at the very bottom, you have the different links to social media and quickly can can go and see the latest stuff. But of course, just follow me or like me and and be on there and you'll get this stuff up to date on what's going on if you miss a session. Um, so tonight we have a, a few things that we're, we're going to do. Um, so let me switch back here. So tonight we're going to... Uh, we're going to look a little bit at uh, Sways, which is a Microsoft product, and some neat things you can do. I have, a, I have an example from a math class that, uh, that uses them. And then also we're going to look at uh, a keynote and being able to make your keynotes into um, like a, a, a links only, because that's what it's called. It's called a links only uh, keynote. So that way it's uh, kind of self-running itself. Um, it's you know good for... Uh, for students to be able to share stuff and, and or even you sharing as a teacher to, to students and they can actually pick their own path in a way. Um, then we're also going to look at uh, Google Cast for Education and talk about that. And also uh, profiles in your Windows or Mac using Chrome and the different profiles you can do. Okay, so uh, let's go there first and um, see what we can do. So the first one we'll talk about is Sway. So this came from um, from Paul in Florida, and let me, uh, switch it over here to our screen so you can see. And I'll go over to our Sway. So this is Sway. It's a, like I said, it's Microsoft. So Paul from Florida just asked, you know, what are some different ways I can embed and do different things with Sways, especially in math? And so I just thought I'd bring up this good example of of what I found here. Um, so this is on quadratic functions. And so Sway is just sway.com. You don't have to have an Office 365 account. You could be a Google school or you know use Apple products. Um, you just use the browser. Um, it does make it easier inside of um, Office 365 to access your Sways and things like that, um, just because it's an icon and, and those sort of things. So you can see I'm in my Office 365 and I have those. Um, availabilities, but I mean, you can just go to sway.com, very easy, and 
um, it's it's pretty neat. If, if you've never seen a sway, I would say go check it out. But the, the example I'm going to show today is, is specifics with embedding and, and using that. Um, but it's nice. It's got templates. It's a, kind of a, a mixture of a PowerPoint or like a presentation tool. But then it's also a um, a reporting tool. It could also be a an ebook. I mean, it's very versatile, and you can still edit with other people online um, at the same time, and you know, do lots of lots of neat things with it. So I'm going to go into this sway, and uh, it's also a uh, responsive. So if you're using mobile devices, then the sway will kind of configure to it. So this is the Sway, and I went straight into the editing part, but I'm actually going to take you to the play button first so you can see what it looks like. And so this one is kind of set up like a web page. So you see I'll scroll, and um, actually, no, it's not moving. There we go. So you can see I'm scrolling. This is an animated GIF file, so you can see it's actually moving, so you can embed those. So this is kind of like just a, a lesson, like talking about just different um, parts of the quadratic formula there. And given another example, so it's showing the different ways. So that's nice being able to use an animated GIF to show all those, to, to give that idea. Much easier done this way than drawing it on the board. Um, and so the example is also there. So. Um, keep going down so now you can also see that even if you have notes that you took whether it's on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper you could do a snapshot of those notes put them in there um, when i click on it that's an actual image so it got bigger okay so any example this and this is also probably just a screenshot or some sort of um, snapshot of something and so as you continue you can see there's there's different parts of text some were the animated gifs and some are just just writing, you know, showing problems, showing how it works. Now, what I like about it is now they have um, in here, they have an interactive activity. And so this comes directly from GeoGebra. And so this activity, I can show the graph. I can zoom in and out here, move it around. There's a play button down here. So it's actually showing what's going on in there. So GeoGebra has a lot of neat manipulatives. Or I say manipulatives, but really it's it's what people have created so that you can have some fun and play with math and, and you know do some different things as far as that sliders. Uh, this one is set up so it's like flashcards. So when I click on it, it shows the graph, and then it shows the formula. So that's kind of a neat way to, to study. And this is just showing what the Sway picture might show. Um, again, some more. Here's the intercept form. Again, much of the same thing you might be doing teaching, but now it's kind of in one place. And so, you know, as a student, they could go back and learn from it. I'm going to continue down. And should be another. Here's another particular graph. Okay, so you can see the different points as I click on them. You can show the graph or unshow it. And then share this link. So this is actually using a, the desmos.com calculator, so you can copy it. So this is all part of the Sway, which is pretty neat to be able to, to put interactive stuff, but then also informational things too. And um, so 
Let's go back and, and go to the edit. I'm going to click on the pencil on the top right. And what's, the way sways are done is with cards. And so each one of these, whether it was a picture you saw or a text, they're on separate cards. And so if it's an image card, then you, know, you can put an image in there and decide its sizing and you know some of its uh, attributes. You can have it focus on a certain area or something like that. Um, text cards, again, same type of thing. When I click on a text card, it's going to give me whether I emphasize, accent, bullets. Notice there's not font color, fonts, um, sizes. There's not different fonts listed there. It's made to make it simple for you. So just wanted to show you this math example. Um, if I go down even further, you can see, again, text card, image card, and so forth. Um, not teaching necessarily how to do a sway. Um, do have some, some tutorials on that, but I uh, wanted to show you this part as we continue down, remember when they did the flashcards, they kind of grouped them all together. So now they uh, they would be put together um, so that you could scroll through them pretty easily. Um, and they kind of made it, when you group the text with a, with an image, they, they can kind of go together on a separate page, on the same page rather than a separate page. There's an activity and notice there's an embed card. So if I go in right here, Oops, I went too far down, excuse me. So the embed card actually takes an embed code from GeoGebra. And so in order to get that, um, and there, there's lots of embedded items you can bring in. It could be 3D content, videos, tweets, anything like that. So um, I'm going to go to GeoGebra just to show you real quick. And so if you're on the GeoGebra site, I just looked up this uh, binomial formula, and I can go back here and just show you the kind of the search that I did. Um, but I just looked up formula and I chose this one right here. And so when you click on it, um, that, that's under the GeoGebra site under materials. So when you click on it, it's going to show you and it's nice because it has this little slider. So now, you know, it allows people to play with math. You know, a lot of times we get to play with words, but we don't necessarily get to play with math, especially being able to move what values equal certain things and what that actually looks like. And then if I change B, well, what does that look like now? And so it's showing us all of those things. So now if I wanted to use this as part of my sway or something else, I go up to the share button at the top right. And you can see I have grouping options. You know, if I belong to a group, if I want to link it somewhere, I can even send it to Google Classroom. If I use that, if you use Edmodo, you can send it to a, a OneNote. And so they have the ability to have it right in their OneNote. I like the embed option because it allows them to work on it and manipulate it rather than just going to a link and then going to it again. So we have the embed option here. And you have Google Sites, you have a MediaWiki, and you have an HTML. So I'm just going to copy this frame. So it's an iframe. So I copy that embed code. And now I'll go back to my Sway. And let's just add it right here. So in order to add or insert stuff in this storyline. I'm going to click on insert here. Um, actually, it's not showing my cards. Hold on one second. Oh, I may have clicked on the wrong one. I may have clicked on one that I did not have the editing ability to. Um, so you simply go to your cards, and let's just go back to the Sway just to make sure I got it right. 
Um, I'm just going to open up a new one just to just to show you where the cards are. All right, so you have your pluses here, and this allows you to change it from text, media, and group. And then here's your different types of things you can bring in. So if I go to media, there's the embed. And then I just paste my embed code here. And you can see it's thinking over here. It's getting it ready. And then once I have it ready, if I want to see this, so we just call it this uh, binomial. All right, so now I have binomial, and I want to click on play to view this. And so there's just the word binomial, and you'll notice now the embedding of the GeoGebra is right in there. So the, the one way you saw it as a website, you don't. It doesn't have to look like a website. It can be more, of, um, you know, scene by scene, slide by slide, if you want to. And uh, the user actually has the control over those things. And there's a table of contents. So if I wanted to change it myself, as far as the the way it looks. There's layout changes here. So there's the slide. There's kind of a scrolling picture. So there's binomial, and you'll see a, a slider down here. Or I can go back and do kind of a, a web page motion. So there, I only have two items on there, so it's just going to show it there. But that's now on all in one page rather than that slideshow option. So that's just a neat way to do some embedding inside of um, inside of Sways and just a, an idea of how to how to use math and how to how to share problems, how to get students to have some manipulative time with the math that they're learning, especially you know when it starts to get more complex. Um, so that's an example. So I appreciate you uh, you asking that question, Paul, and um, um, hopefully this will will help you um, do some things more with with math and using sways and and seeing how you can bring some some other things in. So the embed code works for GeoGebra, it'll work for a form. So even if you have some sort of um, problems or things and you want them to solve a problem, you can put a, a form in there, whether it's a Google form or a Microsoft form and embed that in there and allow them to, to take a quiz or get some sort of assessment from it. All right, so going back, um, so going back let's look and see what else. Um, we have. So the next question comes from. So going back, um, going back, let's look and see what else um, I'm getting there. Sorry, the little feedback there. Uh, so the next person um, is actually Mike, and it's from Arizona, and he uh, he was asking about the uh, keynotes and how to make it linkable, and and basically only linkable. Um, so the idea behind that would be to have a keynote that either you're running or maybe it's even put on as a center. Maybe you're using a, a whiteboard or some sort of a projector or some sort of main space where someone can have access to the keynote and they can go and discover for themselves. So you kind of set up all the slides and you know a lot of times we, I would do this if it were um, different things that I wanted them to learn about, but they didn't necessarily have to follow a, a linear path. So let's say we're learning about biomes or plants, um, particular plants or planets. 
Um, and so they could kind of pick and choose which one they were interested in and go directly to it rather than having to go through the whole slideshow. So I have an example here. Let me uh, see if I can bring that up um, of a keynote. And I'll show you what that looks like. There. All right. So I have this keynote. Um, it's about the five themes of geography. Um, and it's about Kyoto, Japan. So, so you can see here, just a normal keynote, but at the bottom, I have several images, and you can use anything. I use shape here, I use the actual images here, and they all have little arrows next to them. So if I were to click on any one of them or right click, I can see where it says edit link, and this allows me, of course, to do a quick hyperlink to another slide. If I wanted, of course, this send it somewhere else like a web page or an email i could easily do that but to have it go to a slide that way it's going to kind of be revolving um, so these are all linked and then this one is set up to go to the next page um, and so if i were just to to run this uh, keynote i'm gonna hit play here and run it um, i'm just going to press the arrow keys so if i just click on it now it's going to take me to the next slide. And then if I click on it again, again, the next slide. Um, so that doesn't make it a links only because I could just normally run it as, as however I want, and it doesn't allow me to skip ahead. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this now so that the slideshow itself has, is just linkable. And so every time I click, it's not going to... Um, just the next slide. So let me exit back out and we'll go back. So you can see that they were kind of all kept on going. And by the time I got to number seven there, I have a bunch of things. Uh, so ahead of time, I created some spaces, like I have this home button on page two. And so when I click on that, notice it's going to go to slide one. Okay. So it'll, it should automatically do that. Um, now, since it was a normal slideshow, those links weren't necessarily applicable unless I clicked on the right spot. So I'm going to change the presentation type. And if you uh, if you're just working on it, it's not under format, it's not under anime, it's it's under your document. And if you go down to presentation type and take change it to links only, now when I play it, now I can click anywhere on the page, and I'm clicking right now. Nothing's happening. If I click on this arrow. And now my links page, I think because I'm in pr presentation mode, it is sending it that way. But um, it's a little bit different when, when you're presenting on your own computer. Um, so let's see. Let's do this. So when you set it to links only mode, then you pick whatever icon it is and have it go to that slide. And in the mode, it would go there. I also set up a home button so that you could always go back to the slide that had all the choices. You could put all the choices on every slide. Some people do it come out like a little tab or something like that. You could easily do that. I just had it always going back. So that way they could go back to the beginning, say, okay, five themes, and now I want to see about this one. And so, and normally they would just click. They wouldn't have to click and see slide. 
but I'm trying to show you the inside parts. And so there's your home button. And this would go to slide one. And it's back. So I have an arrow and I have these items. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and make an arrow button on each page like this one. So I can just copy this and put this on every page. So that way, if somebody wanted to go to the next slide, they easily could. But then I also still have the home button. So I'm going to move this here, get rid of this one, and paste this one there. So now that one has two homes. So now every slide, you would be able to go to the next slide. Uh, this last slide, I didn't notice any pictures or anything like this. So how do you go to this slide if you're in links only? So I'm back here. If I'm links only, if I go to the next slide, the only way to be get there is if I actually went to this region slide and clicked on this item, because then it would go to the next slide. But if I want to go straight to the questions, I might use something to indicate the question. So I'm going to copy this picture. And so I'm going to click on... Command C, of course, and copy, and go to my first page, and I'm going to paste it. Oh, wow, the student did this image, and it's got this white background here. That's Sometimes you may need it or want it, but I kind of think it's uh, kind of uh, a way that it kind of gets in the way. I guess it's not too bad here, but if you wanted to take an image that had white like that in the background and get rid of it, I'm going to make it bigger so you can see it, is you would go to your formatting tool and go click on image, and you can actually do instant alpha, which is basically if you touch and click on the area, notice as I'm moving down, it got rid of all of the background. So now it's just this plain green image. That's what I love about working with uh, Max and, and Apple products is that part is a gem to be able to do that instant alpha. All right, so now I added that in there and now I need to right click and add the link and I want to send it to a slide and I'm going to choose from my slide list the last slide, which is number nine. I can test it by saying go to slide and there I am. And then uh, this one I can test to make sure it's going back home. And so there I go. If I go back to document and have it on links only and do a little play, um, the reason, just so you knew why it wasn't working right away, is because I have two screens going on. And so what's happening is it's projecting onto the second screen, kind of have an extended screen. And so that's why it's uh, it was showing that. But yeah, these links, these things all work. So um Thank you, Mike from Arizona. Hope this helps you do this. Hope your students can think of some neat things to do. I, I would probably use it in, um, you know, in any moment that I'm having students either present or maybe it's a, a museum type thing where lots of kids have presentations and everybody needs to be able to go through them. And so they could have their computers out or however they're connected to a projector and then people go through them on their own. So they could they could go to spots that they were interested in and, and find out information. So it kind of makes it almost like a website in a way because it's like a quick hyperlink to the part that you want to see. All right, so let me uh, close out of that part.
And now I'm going to talk about the uh, Google Cast for Education. And um, if you don't see this icon, actually, let's let's do Google Cast in a minute. Let's uh, let me go to the profiles because I think it might work better after you see the profiles um, because I have a different profile that has some other things set up. So profiles are in Mac and on Windows. Um, basically, if you have Chrome, that's not on a Chromebook because, of course, when you sign into a Chromebook, that's all your stuff is right there. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to go to your Chrome and have a different profile. And so the question was actually from Sarah in New York, and she said that what happens is um, she's on her Windows machine or her Mac machine, I'm not sure, but she's on a machine, she's on Chrome, and her she goes into a, a doc or something like that, and it opens up her personal Gmail account. And then she goes into um, Drive, and then it's pulling up her school one. And so she's all in the same browser, uh, just different tabs, and it's opening up different um, items. So what a lot of times people do is they have, um, I click on a new tab, they think that you can share my screen again. So that they think that you can um, go ahead and just sign into a bunch of accounts here. So you can see like, oh, I have all these set up. Um, that's where you can get us some confusion. I like it better just having one. Um, having all these other accounts, not necessarily the, um, the best way um, because what also happens is when you have a profile, so you can see my name right up here, you have a profile, all your extensions come on over and they follow you with that profile. All your bookmarks would follow you too. And I'll take the bookmarks off so they're not as distracting. And actually I didn't take them off. Um, there. Um, besides your bookmarks and, and all your history, basically everything in your profile um, would come over. Uh, so that's that's just a nice way of um, doing all those things. So how do you do that? You just click on the top right here, and you'll see your name. And you can see I have a bunch of profiles already there. And so if you just click on Manage People, you'll get a pop-up screen, and it'll show you all the different profiles that you may have. If, if you only have one, then be listed there. So now you just click on add person. And so you type in the name and let's say I'll just do one. Um, let's see, I'll just do Apple. And so I can click on add. And so then what it's going to do is it's going to ask you for your account because really what you're doing is you're signing into Chrome and not necessarily signing into um, Azure Google account. So I click sign in and it's going to ask you for your account. And your password. All 
All right, so a lot of people get confused when they get this part. They're like, oh yeah, I can do this. So now it's gonna say, you're signing in with a managed account. Do you want to link the data? Or basically they're saying, you're signing in and you're creating this profile. Do you wanna link your current data from that file? So that means if you're on a Chromebook somewhere and usually the answer is yes, because you know you want those bookmarks, those histories, those passwords all to come over. But if you didn't want to, and you kind of wanted to start fresh or something like that, um, you could essentially just um, not link the data. And that's it. So now I click, got it. And so now it brings over all my bookmarks. There's my name, there's my extensions that I already have. And so this user has all the things that they need. And if you ever get one of these little items up there, you can click on it and enable it if you needed to. Um, so those are profiles. What's nice about this again, it's only that account. So I can switch off and I can go to, for instance, Harry's account. And so now I have three different windows open using three different accounts. So let me uh, kind of push them all together here. So I got these two. And then of course you had the one in the background doing the whole screen. And so I can look at multiple accounts at the same time. It is gonna take a while to load up any extensions and things like that you have the first time, but after that, they're, they're there. It's just taken a while to, to get all those in. Um, so now here's kind of a, my next thing I want to show you is I have a Chromebook um, next to me. And so um, I'm going to actually do some casting. And so every Chrome browser has this ability. So if you click on the three dots, you'll see the cast button. Same thing if I go to this one. Go on three dots, there's the cast button. Okay. Um, here's the hairy one. So, so any one of them has that. Now, what I'm going to do is, uh, and the whole idea behind casting is to have someone share their screen because they could be on a different computer. No need for them to come up to the, the main computer or something that's hooked up to a projector to be able to share what's on their screen. And so I can, as a uh, user, as a teacher, be able to say, you know what? Such and such is working on some good research. Let me have them explain. So instead of having them come up, type in the password for their account, or or actually just beam the, the websites or something they're on, they could actually just present right from their computer. So the way we do that, I'm going to close out of Neville here. Um, and so Neville's actually on the Chromebook right now. And so if you're a teacher, you're going to go to Google Cast for Education. It's an extension. Um, you can find it in the Chrome Web Store. And at the top there, it's green, and it has a little... Um, kind of little ribbons there of sound and the projection. So I click on that. And here's what's the cool part about this. It opens up a separate window. So whether you're doing this on a Chromebook or on a Windows or a Mac machine, it doesn't matter. What it does is it opens up a separate window. And it's just going to show the time. And I've actually already created this, uh, this page, but I'm going to go to what it would do if you just first did it. So it, it would bring up basically the settings page, and it said, you need to name your receiver. 
So that's what the students would be looking for is some sort of name that they're looking for to try to connect to. And so you name the receiver and then you have your choice of having it automatically open up um, anytime someone's showing their sessions in a full screen or not and send um, statistics and then display background images from the web if you want to do that. Um, but anyway, so you click on save and then after that, you have to allow sharing. So right now, this user who's, who's projecting this window here, nobody else can really project to this screen because it's not the receiver is not being available to them. So they have to click on share. And once they click on share, it's going to say who has access. And so when I click on emails and groups, I can type in a specific email. So if it's, if it's someone in particular, like Nick at the tech learning, I can I can add that and I can say, well, this person can either present right away, they don't need to request, they can just kind of take over when this is going, when when I have this enabled. Or um, you know, you have to have the 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 receiver on that task for education, or they can request. And so I click on add. And so now an individual person is at, added, but also the entire class. And so when you do a, choose a class, and notice I had this class and the Quidditch Club class, teachers can present, students can request. So now I click on close, and we're going to wait a second, and we'll have um, Neville request here to show what he's up to. And so on the student side, remember how I showed you earlier, you would just go to the three dots and go to cast. And when you do that, it's going to say, okay, welcome to cast experience. And you can say, okay, got it. And then it's going to say cast two. And you get your choices of casting a tab. So that would just be an individual tab. Even if you clicked on five or six other tabs, it's only going to cast that particular tab or the entire desktop. So once you choose that, then it's going to say, well, what receiver are you trying to go to? And so you might even have Chromecast listed here. But, um, you know, I put in Harry Potter. So that's going to be shown up as basically a receiver. And so if I were to click that, um, since I'm the same user as that one, notice it says I can show my screen or not. So now partition these screens side by side so you can see it's actually showing my entire desktop okay you can see I'm scrolling here and so that's because I'm doing it on this account but let's say I closed out of this so I stopped casting so someone can just stop casting or you can click on the X here um, I'm just going to stop by clicking on cast there. So now it's back to this, this little area here. So maybe I'll make it full screen now. And now I'll go to a different computer. And so I want to be on my other computer. And I'm going to go to those three dots. And I'm going to cast. And the same things are going to happen, except for you can't see it. It's just on a different computer. And I choose Harry Potter. And then what's going to happen is should get a notification um, once it registers that such and such person wants to wants to cast. And so you have to 
have to allow that. So this, the teacher or whatever would see this and then be able to say, yes, I accept or allow this. Um, depending on your, your network and how your school works, you, there may be some firewalls or some sort of things that it may not work. So you will have to work with your IT folks and ask them um, what they may need to do. There is a, an help area for Google Cast that shows you what um, particular things need to be turned on on your network. Um, all right, it says your request was denied. Let's try this again. Maybe I didn't see it. It also would be affected if you were on a different um, subnet. So if your your internet is the same, but for some reason you have a different subnet inside, it, it wouldn't talk. It does need to be on the same Wi-Fi network, just so you know that. Um, well, since we added Neville here, let's just try this again. I'll just do it straight from this computer so you can see. Because it's denying it. I'm not sure why. Um, so let's go to cast and it's going to ask me again, Harry Potter. And so this is, this is what happens to similar. So hopefully uh, this time it'll work for us. A lot of times when you're when you're doing this, of course, in, in front of people or something like that, you test it and it works and then yeah, there you go. So I may have to double check. I turned off some notifications earlier and I think that's maybe what's happening is is not getting notified that that it's happening um, because of that account. Um, but we were able to see the same thing when we did Harry's. So I'll do the same thing again just to show you. And so this time, instead of choosing my whole screen, I could actually choose something different. But there's, there's the page. And if I went to a different page, a new tab opened up, but you can't see it because it only showing the one tab. Okay, so I'd have to change what's being seen. If I do the whole desktop, then it's going to show everything. I just wanted you to be able to see that that's what it's doing. And so it's allowing someone to control and show that. So if you put this larger on your screen and then your students are at their seats, then easily they could just show what's on their page, what's on their desktop, um, and be able to talk about and share. And so that's the idea. So uh, that actually came again from um, from Miss Wright in South Carolina. She was just wanting to know how to do that. and. Uh, Hopefully that makes it a little clearer. So let's see this. Let me close out of this and stop. All right, so we're back. And I'm going to just double check to make sure there's no more questions that we have um, for tonight. 
All right. Well, we're looking good. Um, so thank you all for another good night of EdTech Office Hours with Nick here. Uh, want again to remind you that I am available to help you out, and I'm on Twitter, and I am also on Facebook and YouTube. This video itself will be on YouTube momentarily, along with uh, Facebook and a link onto Twitter to, to be able to get to it. If you need to contact me at all, use those or go to Blended Tech Learning. Shows um, much of what I do. I travel around helping educators all throughout the country. And it's right here. And also, I have some, several courses. And so if you went to courses, it would take you straight to my Google Certified Educator Level 1 prep course. Also, I have an Apple Teacher Prep course and a Microsoft Innovative Educator Online uh, course. And so those three courses are available for you to take, and they're self-paced online. You can do them in your pajamas. And lots of good tutorials, lots of good helping and preparing you specifically for those tests in the Apple Prep and the Google Certified. And then the Microsoft Innovative Educator actually allows you to get that badge once you complete the course. And so they're all asynchronous. You can turn in, ask me questions throughout. So I uh, encourage you to go there if you're interested in any of these types of things. All right. Well, that's it. Just want to say good night. And thank you again for stopping by. And look forward to seeing you on uh, Facebook Live next Monday. Uh, so 7.07 uh, Eastern Time. And then also uh, we'll be back again next week on this YouTube Live event. And uh, look forward to that too. Thank you.